You're listening to the Quince podcast. Amid reports of rampant harassment and arrests of interfaith couples over anti-love jihad legislations came an important judgment from the Allahabad High Court which allows interfaith couples to have a safer registration of their marriages under the Special Marriage Act. On 14 January a single judge bench of Justice Vivek Choudhury held that there's no need to mandatorily publish notices for marriages being solemnized under the Special Marriage Act as is currently required. The court observed that such mandatory notices would invade the fundamental rights of liberty and privacy and also affect a couple's freedom to marry a person of their choice due to interference from state and non-state actors. With these observation what this judgment does is uphold the right to privacy and individual autonomy by leaving it up to the couple if they want to request a marriage officer to publish the notice of the union or to not publish it and such a judgment coming at a time when french right wing mobs and even the police have started interfering in unions of interfaith couples in states like uttar pradesh makes it an especially significant judgment while this is certainly a legal pushback against interference in interfaith marriages under the special marriage act will this judgment be able to make any difference on ground and can this judgment in any way also be able to challenge love jihad ordinances in this podcast we'll hear from brinda grover a lawyer and human rights activist You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Shalpuri. India's Special Marriage Act of 1954 was intended to be a secular legislation to govern marriages that could not be solemnized according to religious customs, which essentially meant interfaith or intercaste marriages. But it also poses legal obstacles such as the mandatory notice that dissuades couples from going through this. Section six of this act. requires couples to notify marriage officers a month in advance of their marriage following which the marriage officer publishes the notification of this marriage but once a notice has been published any person can object to the marriage within 30 days on certain grounds under section 7 of the act however let me also tell you that none of these mandatory public notices or objection procedures apply to any personal laws under which a majority of marriages in india take place like the ones under the hindu marriage act or muslim marriage customs in fact if there are any objections at all regarding consent or any other violation in marriages under personal laws it is taken up in the court later without affecting the solemnization of a marriage and the high court's judgment on making these notices a matter of choice rather than a mandatory act came during the hearing of a habeas corpus petition filed by a hindu man on behalf of his muslim wife which alleged that the woman was detained against her wishes by her family lawyer and human rights activist vrinda grover talks about what makes this a landmark judgment uh, i think there are multiple uh, ways in which we need to comprehend and welcome this judgment uh, this judgment shows us that laws need to laws procedures that may have been crafted in in the 50s also need to keep in step with the evolving jurisprudence the supreme court has repeatedly said that uh, the constitution is a dynamic document uh, with the evolution and greater appreciation and understanding of rights and the exercise and enjoyment of those rights mm-hmm. it's important that uh, legislative procedures uh, which are in any way uh, disrupting diminishing uh, uh, impinging on those rights mm-hmm. are uh, reevaluated by the court mm-hmm. 
we have, for instance, a, a very, very uh, important and significant judgment delivered by the Supreme Court in the Puttuswami case, uh, affirming privacy as a fundamental right of every person in India. Hmm. Now, what is uh, uh, the purpose of the Supreme Court upholding that as a right hmm. is so that we as citizens can exercise it, can enjoy it, hmm. and can ensure that that right uh, is a constraint on powers of the state hmm. and also against other uh, fellow citizens. We also see uh, the, the, the way I would look at this judgment at this juncture is that uh, individual rights, are increasingly being uh, protected and promoted by uh, constitutional courts. Be it high courts and be it the Supreme Court, they are increasingly upholding mm. the exercise and enjoyment of individual rights by citizens. Yes. Uh, what we do see, however, and which is a matter of concern, is that the pushback mm. into not uh, uh, providing an enabling environment for the exercise and enjoyment of this, these rights mm. by citizens is actually coming from the state. Right. It is the state and its agents which are not respecting mm. the principles, rights guaranteed in the Constitution. Right. And actually the pushback is coming from the state and I think that is a very, very uh, a significant reminder to us mm. that today it is the people of the country, it is the individuals who are actually reiterating and reasserting their rights. And the state, which is in power in order to uphold and protect and promote those rights, mm. is where the gravest threat is coming from. But it's also important to look at how this judgment came to be because that sheds some light on the numerous problems that interfaith couples face in registering their marriages under the Special Marriage Act. So let's go back to what happened at the court hearing. As I've already said, the Allahabad High Court was hearing a petition filed by a Hindu man whose Muslim wife converted to Hinduism to get married. And after the court held that the woman's custody by her father was illegal, the couple also went ahead and informed the court that they could have tried to solemnize their marriage under the Special Marriage Act rather than having the woman convert to Hinduism, but the 30-day public notice and the objection procedure was what prevented them as that would be an invasion of the privacy and, quote, would have definitely caused unnecessary social pressure or interference in their free choice with regard to their marriage, end quote. The couple also pointed out that most interfaith or intercaste couples who want to be married under the Special Marriage Act are often not in a position to raise these issues for fear of attracting litigations and more social pressure. And they argued that it was necessary to revisit the Special Marriage Act to keep up with the times in accordance to the Supreme Court's decision on privacy, liberty and freedom of choice. And taking note of these concerns, the Allahabad High Court observed that there was no reason for discrimination between marriages under personal laws and those under the Special Marriage Act. And I'm reading a few lines of what Justice Chaudhary said at court. Quote, There is no apparent reasonable purpose achieved by making the procedure to be more protective or obstructive under the Act of 1954, under which much less numbers of marriages are taking place, than procedure under the other personal laws, more particularly when this discrimination violates the fundamental rights of the class of persons adopting the Act of 1954 for their marriage. End quote. Having said that, the court also said that it goes without saying that 
the marriage officer will have to verify the identification, age and valid consent of the parties and that it shall be open for him to ask for appropriate details or proof as per the facts of the case. Now, in making these observations, the court has definitely taken cognizance of the ground realities and the challenges that interfaith couples face. But can we expect a change on ground as well? Can we expect protection from right-wing vigilantes at a time when the state has been accused of aiding non-state actors? Ms. Grover explains the details of the judgment and how it is expected to safeguard couples. So, if we come to the uh, penultimate paragraph of this uh, judgment, hmm. where the court very categorically uh, directs uh, that this a copy of this order is to be communicated to the chief secretary of the state of UP, yeah. who will forthwith communicate the same to all the marriage officers of the state and other concerned authorities as expeditiously as possible. Mm. So there is a direct uh, uh, instruction mm. from the court to the chief administrator as well as every marriage registrar, and when the court says concerned authorities, mm. it would include uh, all manner of agents of the state, including the police. So any violation of this mm. and any lack of cooperation or lack of enforcement of this mm. would actually amount to contempt of court. Coming to your point of, uh, you know, will it change the ground reality? Mm. This links to what I said earlier about the pushback on fundamental rights and freedom, mm. which we are today experiencing directly from the state and by uh, groups which are, um, you know, which know that they enjoy the overt and covert patronage of the state. And there is enough uh, documentation, videos available mm. for us to know that this is the reality today and not something not some, some strange stances that we are talking about. We also know that young people are actually fleeing UP right. if they wish to uh, marry outside their religion. Hmm. Uh, even those who wish to marry, it, I, very recently hmm. I sought protection from the Delhi High Court for a young couple which wanted to enter into an interfaith marriage. And that couple was very clear, they were not inclined to convert uh, uh, to either of uh, the religions of either party. Hmm. However, they were very fearful of going forward under the Secular Special Marriage Act hmm. because of the of these kind of ramifications where not only would the families be informed much in advance, hmm. but they also know that there are vigilante groups on the ground right. which will... Uh, not only take the law into their own hands with impunity, mm. and that impunity is assured to them, but the police will actually act on at their behest right. and not allow adults to take their own uh, independent decisions. So this uh, uh, judgment to that extent actually provides uh, a measure of assurance where uh, a couple going in for a special marriage act, and I think the judgment is very thoughtful. Mm. It takes into account the kind of vigilantism and abdication of complete responsibility and duty by the state uh, by saying that not only is this publication mm. to be re uh, read as directory and not mandatory, right. the publication will only be done upon the request of the party. Mm. So the default setting is not that it will be published. The default setting now uh, after this judgment is that there can be no publication or issuance of 
uh, this notice mm. unless either of the two parties to the marriage uh, seek such uh, this kind of notice to be issued mm. so it is no longer uh, uh, up to a third party right. or up to some uh, interpretation of the law and i think that the court has done this taking into cognizance not only the uh, uh the the strides in jurisprudence made by the supreme court mm. uh but also the gra- the harsh ground realities mm. where the state is no longer protecting uh, uh basic rights of uh, of uh, uh, individuals to take their own uh, intimate uh, decisions for interfaith couples it's been a choice between the devil and the deep sea lately while we've already talked about the challenges of the special marriage act for those couples who opt for religious conversions to avoid the legal rigmarole of the special marriage act the anti love jihad ordinance has been standing in their way over the past few months as states like uttar pradesh and madhya pradesh approved the controversial love jihad ordinances in a bid to penalize religious conversion for the purpose of marriage many interfaith couples have found themselves at the receiving end of harassment from police or simply vigilantes this ordinance has been criticized for not only infantilizing women and taking away their fundamental rights to be married to who they want to or practice any faith of their choice but it also unfairly targets muslim men and all that purely on the basis of an unproven conspiracy popular among fringe right wing groups that claims that muslim men have been luring women into marriages to be able to convert them to islam in a previous episode of the big story we've talked about how several investigations were unable to find any evidence of love jihad if you've missed those episodes please check them out in our show notes but since the ordinances have been passed there have been several arrests and nearly a dozen fis have been lodged under the prohibition of unlawful conversion of religion So this judgment coming at this point of time is a legal pushback to interference from state and non-state actors into interfaith marriages under the Special Marriage Act certainly but can this judgment in any way also be able to challenge love jihad ordinances I think the signal that the Allahabad High Court is giving not just in this case but repeatedly by providing protection by pronouncing that a woman has a right to decide an adult woman has a right to decide who she will marry hmm. is to uh, is to inform uh, society as well as inform the state that you must respect these fundamental rights and the court cannot stop the state from passing an ordinance hmm. which is in the teeth of not only the the current jurisprudence hmm. but uh, it is clearly targeting uh minority communities targeting women mm. uh strengthening the stranglehold of patriarchy dominant religion caste over women's lives mm. and is at this the, the court cannot uh, court can only hope that the state will uh, act in accordance with the constitution but if it doesn't the challenges to uh, uh the ordinance are already before the alabad high court right and uh, it's very encouraging uh that the alabad high court uh, uh, is uh unequivocal in its insistence on respecting fundamental rights and freedoms if you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story playlist for episodic updates we'll have on apple google podcast spotify geo7 and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms for other podcasts please log on to the quinn website and check out the podcast section for any feedback shoot an email to podcasts@thequinn.com
Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts. 